Nikki Jensen and Brie Picconi and we're late, late to, to the, the party. party a weekly podcast about film fashion and pop culture from two best friends mentally still in Empire Records in 1995 and it's Rex Manning Day woo woo happy Rex Manning Day Nick yeah damn the man save, save the, the empire. empire so today we are talking about Empire Records and we're also going to touch on the 90s, mm-hmm. grunge, all the things that that we missed. Yeah. We, we were babies. Babies. Literally. Unfortunately, it would have been such a cool time to be. I mean, technically we were alive, but we weren't like, we couldn't put on our flannels as babies. In 1995, we were literally... Baby, babies. <laughs> we'll say it again. Yes. <laughs> um, which is not really a flex anymore because <laughs> that just kind of makes Mesa seem old now. But we're trying to flex, okay? Yeah. But yeah, 1995. It's such an interesting year mm-hmm. to me, as someone that doesn't know any. Like that, I have no. When you say 1995, yeah. Um. I can't be like, oh, I remember that. What a time. I don't remember. But watching Empire Records makes me deeply jealous of Gen X. Mm. I bet it was a cool time to be alive. Like for music and for fashion and just being a teenager, being angsty. Just having like we're going to talk about grunge. Mm hmm kind of in a broad sense, in a mainstream sense, because I feel like there is some overlapping between grunge becoming mainstream and this idea of things don't have to be polished now. You know, Mark Jacobs got fired at Perry Ellis mm-hmm. for his, you know, take on grunge. That is so wild, by the way. Yeah. We're going to talk about it because th- that's, for lack of a better word, iconic. Mm. But just this idea that grunge, the, the movement, mm-hmm. defines the 90s, essentially. Because it, it it's it's kind of like punk in the way that... It just, yeah, it has underground countercultural like beginnings. Mm-hmm. But once it hits the mainstream, I think there's some like foundational elements that kind of seep in. And it definitely creates like in the mid 90s, this, this idea of you can be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be super polished. I love that. You can, you know. You don't want to sell out, but I don't know. It's just an interesting time. I think Empire Records and like movies like like singles before it and then like Reality Bites mm-hmm. and then Empire Records, which is, yeah, like super like mainstream and a commercialized, you know, watered down version of that, like coming out of grunge and coming into whatever the mid 90s. Yeah is like however you define that i'm not really sure Mm. um but 
I think it's an interesting time in pop culture and in fashion and in film because things are popping off. Things and are the nineties have truly begun. So I feel like that's like at the the point. Yeah, Grunge where the nineties begin. Yes. Yes. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I know that was long-winded, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to justify the parallels between 90s grunge and Empire Records. Yes, there are parallels for sure. Yes. I think it's also like a gateway. Like Empire Records is a gateway or like grunge is a gateway to Empire Records being made because it was made in 95, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's at the peak of the grunge movement. And then it's exiting. Well, you... Well, it's, I, I, well, it's actually, I guess, the... Gr- well, because does leaving. grunge die with uh, Kurt Cobain, Essentially. Basically. And then this is kind of the aftermath of, like, grunge is already mainstream, mm. and it's already fad, and your Nirvanas and your Pearl Jams are still, like, your Pearl Jams are still popular, your Soundgarden's still popular, mm-hmm. but you're moving into the like the pop era the pop era but you're also moving into that like like the mid 90s i always think of like oasis mm-hmm. in 96 you know being super popular like the brit pop stuff but like empire records the soundtrack it has like 80 songs yeah. it has um like gin blossoms which is that like mishmash of like Whatever was happening after the grunge era, the post grunge. Did you know that Nickelback is considered post grunge, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So tell me more about that. (laughs) I guess it's the sound, but less. The guitars are less. uh, I don't know what the word is. Like, um, I wanted to say grungy. (laughs) Raw. I don't know. Just like more refined guitar sounds i i don't really know i don't know yikes i mean okay okay i can kind of see that yeah we're coming into things that are like less i don't know like more watered down I like watered down yeah but anyway i thought that was interesting i'm like post grunge because i saw that in my research and then i'm like they're like bands like said blah 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 nickelback and i'm like oh Interesting. I never thought of that as being post-grunge, but maybe they wouldn't exist if we didn't have the grunge movement because there's they're a little grungy, but but in this yeah. Like would you also consider like a three doors down post-grunge or maybe. like a I, what do you I don't even know what you call that music. It's very specific. Creed is Creed, Creed. post They said Creed, yeah. Damn. Okay, so this is like before that era too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like this is such an interesting time. I think so. I wish we were around in 1995. I know. I wish we we could experience Empire Records. I wish we could have gone to a real record shop. Like, I guess there are some record exchanges, like uh, book exchange slash record exchange shops that are similar, I would say, but nothing quite as maybe meaningful as a local record shop. Like, that's something that's a, a crazy concept to me watching this film it's very much empire records is very similar to you've got mail it's like the music you've got mail in the way that like because we are like we're not 
elder millennials. We're not Gen X. Like we don't really remember, or at least for me, I'll speak for myself. I don't remember. I don't know what a like a local mom and pop CD like record store is. Now, what I'm nostalgic for is the Barnes and Nobles. Yes. And I'm nostalgic for like the FYEs or like. Yes, the FYE. records. That's like our, essentially our empire. Record. I mean, it's not, it's obviously like more like a music town situation. Yeah, that's, but we're, we're nostalgic for music we're town. We're nostalgic for music town. But that's all we know, you know? And music was like, and movies were becoming digital. Like, I don't know. What do you do? I mean, yeah, it's not our fault. Yeah. But I just think that's so funny because whenever you hear people talk about back in the day or whatever like you know how everyone loves to talk about the 90s Mm -hmm. and they're older than us they're like 10 years older than us eight years older than us and they're nostalgic for something very different than i think people our age are nostalgic for because i can vaguely remember going to fyes and you know in empire records how they have like the listening listening booths yes I never experienced a listening booth, but in those stores, do you remember you nodding your head? Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly where you're going with this. They'd be like just in the middle of the aisles and then you could like listen to the new hits and you'd be like bop it. It's like essentially the same. Yes. It'd be like our version of that experience. Like when you experiencing like music as it hits like the mainstream or like just is released. I don't know. But the idea, too, of, like, you would or you I would see people in, like, the world music section mm-hmm. with their, like, headphones on. Yeah. Vibing. And there'd be new world music. Yeah. There'd be new rap music. Mm-hmm. And everything is really categorized and kind of cool. I don't know. I That's such a cool concept to me. That is cool. Now. There's no experience now. You just, like, go on Spotify or whatever. You listen to a sample. You can go on YouTube. I don't know. It's not like uh, there's no except you don't go out to get music anymore, really. No. The only thing that I could say is akin to it because like being five and being like early 2000s FYE is a very different thing than Empire Records in a weird way. Mm. Like because they're teenagers or like young people. And like, do you remember in middle school, like iTunes? Yes. I remember going in middle school on my computer mm-hmm. and s- talk about sampling. I'd preview all the songs yes. and I'd have like my like iTunes allowance. Oh, yeah. But it's not like Empire Records because it's like, people. Like, yeah. They're all friends. That's and you can true. like watch people jamming out to different music and like vibing. That is cool. Yeah. It's a little more insular if you're, I don't know. Yeah. It's communal. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Like when we were, and not even like we were younger, but like, do you remember MySpace? Yeah. I was just thinking about MySpace. I was like, I don't know if I should bring up MySpace or not, but yeah. But like putting like your song on MySpace. Yeah. Like on your profile Mm -hmm. and then praying your friends would listen to it and think it's cool it's so different than like a cd yeah anyways i miss those days yeah anyways i know i like the 90s were so cool they were 
I want to go there. I do too. It's not fair. I want to wear some plaid skirts and I don't know, like Liv Tyler's character. I love her outfit. Like, it's so cool. I love, I I feel like, well, okay, this is very long-winded to be like, we're talking about Empire Records, but let's just get into it then. Um, Liv Tyler plays Corey Mason, mm-hmm. who I discovered this movie via Tumblr. That's the first oh. time I knew about Empire Records. Mm-hmm. And seeing gifs of Liv Tyler in her baby blue long sleeve crop top and plaid skirt with the Doc Martens. That's a vibe. It was. It was like the skies opened up because it isn't like super grunge. It doesn't look like Courtney Love or she doesn't look like Linda Perry in like four non blondes. Yeah. With that like crazy hat and it's like soft threads. grunge. Yeah. I don't know if you can if that's Well, yes, because as a former Tumblr girly, <laughs> I think you could have considered my style as soft grunge. I think so. And that was just us doing what we're doing now, basically being like, I wish I was around in the nineties <laughs> You know, and trying yeah. to like come up with our amalgamation of it. Now we've really doubled down. Like as a society, like I don't know. Because I see so many things that look grunge, but I've never really thought of it. Or like, you know, like that, like the Marc Jacobs, like 93 runway. Oh, looks, uh, like the Perry Perry Ellis. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not Mark. I guess because he does. He was the designer. I just. Wow. In my mind. I know he re-released. Well, with Heaven by Mark Jacobs. Yeah. He has kind of taken the Perry Ellis spring summer 93 like that essence mixed with just Mark Jacobs as a brand in general and kind of I guess I've just seen a lot of things that are almost like knockoffs of that same like those same looks. Well, free people, Anna Swee, who, you know, did the Madonna baby doll dress mm-hmm. in what was it like 94? Yeah. But who like feminized a lot of the grunge styles. Anna Swee and Free People have a collaboration out right now. That's cool. I dig it. Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for the plaid. I'm here for the layering. I feel like, you know, I feel like I might be a little more grunge than I thought. Like, unironically. How or so? ironically. I don't know. Just because you don't clip your toenails. Like, is this <laughs> going to go back to that conversation? Hey, we're not going to oh, talk sorry. about that. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> um, No, but like just wearing like T-shirts, like under flannels i don't know it's very comfortable but i never think about it well sometimes i think about it as fashion on some level but not like really you've never not worn a flannel (laughs) never not like every day i feel like every day you're in a flannel except almost i mean if it's cool enough outside as long as it's not like the summertime but like a graphic tee and a flannel it's just so easy to throw it's so comfy I will say a slip, like a baby doll dress or a slip dress and an oversized men's flannel mm. is is special. And Nick, you just bought, didn't you just buy a slip dress? I did. I only you can make it. Dresses. You can make it grunge. Totally. Just saying. I think that's what you should do. Yeah. Bra straps out. For sure. I mean, I love that look. I, I think for me, it's so funny because if we're talking about grunge 
fashion. Yeah. Which is funny because grunge started out, you know, as a Seattle, like totally like DIY, like anti-establishment. Yeah. Kind of anti-fashion, right? Anti-fashion. Function over fashion. Yeah. But what was I going to say? I just feel like now, and now being someone that was born in the 90s, so has like faint washes of whatever that time is, Mm -hmm. but then also being someone that was growing up and coming of age in like 2014. Yeah. Uh, when Tumblr girl fashion and all of that was percolating. Yeah. And in the now, being like my mission in life is to try to look like I'm in the 90s as much as possible mm-hmm. and run the gamut of looks. I just feel like it's interesting. I'm always really long-winded story, like trying to cut it short. I always love 90s fashion. I love grunge. I always want to look like Courtney Love. I think she's a style icon. She is. And I don't know. I'm really attracted to that look. I love bra straps showing. I love looking a little disheveled. You know what I think is really funny? Unintentionally, we did a photo shoot recently where we're in slip dresses. And I don't know if this is spoilers, but we have tiaras. And we're we're channeling our inner Courtney Love. Like we're a little messy. And it's... I didn't really think about it as being grunge, but now I'm kind of like, you know what? That was that was kind of grunge. It's true. I feel like grunge is just kind of like it kind of permeates culture. Like I feel like everyone's a bit grunge. Yeah, we've definitely taken elements from grunge. Yeah. We well that was arguably like even music-wise it's like there's an, a music revolution every 30 years. Mm-hmm. So the last time that we were really, as a society, like, this is the thing that's going to change everything. Like a paradigm shift. Yeah. Is Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Never mind that mm-hmm. whole thing. And grunge. That's the last time. It's in our lifetime. In our only time in our lifetime. So what's next? I don't know. I have no clue. Someone better get to step in. Yeah. Because 30 years is 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. So who's to say? But. But yeah, that's like that is like our Beatles. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. What was. What was your question? Um, I don't know. Just. I just feel like grunge is just kind of made an impact i guess like the move the fashion of it all i think it influences us like how we dress even today you know mm-hmm. um but i guess the music too to some degree like it had to happen i don't know just making talk i don't, I don't know where to go from here just making talk <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't know do you want to talk about the movie or do you want to save that part for last we did talk about grunge a lot. Would you just like to talk about that and then the Mark Jacobs show and then go into, into it? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into Empire Records, let's let's talk about what happened before this. The early 90s. Yes. Take a time machine. 
the year is 1991 we're in seattle washington um hard guitar sounds play um it just smells like teen spirit um is it bad that my mind goes to home depot is home depot grunge their theme song it's a little bluesy it's a little blues oh is it it could be anything it wants to be i think the home depot theme song can just it's it's like it's like grunge it's really permeated through society for the last 30 years it really has it's it's influenced every bit of pop culture definitely the color orange orange is the new pink yeah home depot <laughs> that's what legally lumberjack talking about yeah so i'm trying to tie it back together <laughs> All together. Um, but yeah, so 1991 is the year of grunge. You know, Nirvana becomes an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bands like Soundgarden and Mudhoney and Hole to some degree are popular now. Pearl Jam. Yes. Um, you know, sub pop records mm-hmm. started out as this really small indie label, and then it still be- it was a small indie label, but they were the first to sign Nirvana, so they right. had this cachet, and then all of a sudden, Seattle and sub pop were influencing fashion at large and music at large. That is so cool, and it, it wasn't intentional because grunge is DIY and inherently the countercultural and they were like fuck society fuck establishment like basically damn the man damn damn the man save the empire we're gonna do what we want to do i want to sound and it's a response to hair metal and the prim and proper 80s you know shoulder pads structure Uh, yeah not to sound like miranda Priestley. (laughs) <laughs> but whenever people try to, and I understand it, you know, people, that, especially that were alive in that time mm-hmm. and were involved with the grunge scene, they, you know, are very against how it became mainstream and, and fashion appropriated it. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. But to be put my Miranda Priestley glasses on. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. Yeah. And it it does have that like trickle down effect. Trickle up, trickle Trickle down. Yeah. Because if you think about it, every time you talk about like art, which you can talk about or have more to say on it, but everything's like a reaction. I agree. Yeah. I think everything's a reaction. I feel like Mark Jacobs at the time too, like when he talks about creating the line, he said he was like, trying to do something authentic to him and before he was just working with Perry Ellis and being just kind of going through the motions, I guess, but wanting to really do something that meant something. And then he had friends that were also like, I guess a lot of female friends or people that like he saw were wearing these grunge kind of looks and he took a lot of inspo from that. And I guess a core of the grunge movement was also like thrifting and like using vintage clothing, which Mm -hmm. speaks to me Mm -hmm. because, you know, I love me some vintage clothes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, you know, in Seattle in the early 90s, mm-hmm. late 80s, 
you know, it's a cold climate, so you have to layer. Gotta put those beanies on. You have to put your beanie on. Yeah. The tights, you know, Doc Martens are functional. Yep. They're insulated. Mm-hmm. You're, you can insulate them with, like, some thick socks. Yeah, you can. And some tights. Um, So it's functional. Put a dress with that. Put a dress. And you're poor, so you're going to be thrifting things. Not yeah. that all Seattleites are poor. But we also know. might be young. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're young, you don't have as much money to spend most times. I mean. Yeah. But like the youth is the pulse. Exactly. So and like with Mark Jacobs collection for Perry Ellis for spring summer 93, that changed the game as far as the trajectory of grunge. I mean, so was the death of Kurt Cobain. But this was a little before a couple months before or no, not a couple months, a whole year before. But. But Mark Jacobs was young. He was a young designer. Mm-hmm. So he's on the pulse anyways. Right. Um, you know, fashion's dictated by the youth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like just Perry Ellis at that time was becoming like a business <laughs> Yeah, lame. But, you know, like the structured silhouettes of the 80s yeah going into the early 90s that was just not what the kids were into the people in the street this is not you know fashion forward and i think mark jacobs seeing that go on in the music scene and then like in in turn and people being so inspired and like everyday people yeah with the fashion choices like now people were looking at kurt cobain in like right his you know style but also his like you know ability to yeah, wear didn't dress he, i was gonna say he wore dresses too which mm-hmm. is pretty cool on um like snl there's that iconic you know performance where he's wearing a dress and courtney love who was the front woman of whole yeah so all of these people are influencing fashion yeah, definitely. Whether they like, like want Whether to or not. Right. They're in the spotlight. They're going to be influencing. That's just how it works. It is. And also, you know, Nirvana, There was, there's always that thing about selling out. Right. Like that was like the biggest. Which they kind of did, right? In a way. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's Today. debatable. I, I don't know. I, I think like when you, like I have always been very intrigued by the whole nirvana situation yeah just because they were the figureheads of the a movement right and they did change sound mm-hmm. uh like just music for the last 30 years but um i think it's really interesting how kurt cobain was like I don't want to sell out, but then also <laughs> did have like these inclinations to want to be a pop star, to want to have success, which is not a problem because if you put out art, don't you want to want people to notice it? That's true. And would he be as influential if he was with Sub Pop? You know, no offense to Sub Pop. Or would uh, it just take a lot longer? You know, it, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, also, but like the 90s were so great. I know I wasn't like there to remember it, but like 
like I think I was listening to like John Cusack on Marin at one point being like like talking about in the movie industry back in the 90s like studios would give directors a chance mm. to put their movie out oh that's cool you know that you know that's where like the Wes Andersons and the like Tarantino's like that you know were born out of like oh we're gonna take a chance take a chance there was low budgets there was mid-budget movies that weren't going to streaming services like Mm -hmm. same way with Nirvana it's so interesting how they leave Sub Pop get signed was it Geffen I think they were signed to Geffen and it was overnight the record labels had enough faith to like I think like I heard Dave Grohl recently talk about it how um what was I gonna say? How when they were climbing the charts yeah. and getting like major success and doing all these shows um with Nirvana, with Nevermind you couldn't even buy it on shelves. Oh like, wow. That's how the, like, quickly it sold huge. out. Huge. And they were still touring out of a van. That's insane so just it was like a meteoric rise but at least they were given that chance like the record label had enough faith yeah enough people were also buying the cds so that should say something right for sure well and then it like that's the genius of mark jacobs with perry ellis is you know he had that foresight to be like wait a second this is what's going on in fashion and no one's doing anything right now yeah I have this opportunity. Let's take these models who like a Naomi, mm-hmm. a Chrissy. Right. He took the big ones. And, you know, at that time, you know, still like the early 90s, you know, the strong blush, the like perfectly like Kevin Aquan contoured face, the structure, this this idea this like pomp and circumstance yeah and they went down the runway in like mismatch outfits and beanies and i don't know that's iconic to me i love that i think that's so cool also with like the 90s like the iconic 90s supermodels just being like the front woman just on the runway i don't know i love that and i think it's a bold move and I think it's a shame he was fired, but you know, whatever. It turned out like he made his own label. It was probably for the best. I mean, he was a young designer. I feel like Mark Jacobs has done so much, like low key, like worked with so much with like other designers that like he deserves his own space. Like, I don't know. I think he's an inspiration. He's so too. I think he's always been on the pulse. Yeah. I- he knows what we want. He does. I think even with Heaven by Marc Jacobs, I mean, the real real, I check it almost once a week because I desperately want that Virgin Suicides maxi skirt. Ooh. Did you see it? Was like, it's like printed on like Kirsten Dunst and on the grass and the Virgin Suicide cover. Oh, that's just like so on a cool. skirt. But no, everything with Heaven and and the kiki boot. I was going to say the kiki boot. Like, I love that he's bringing that back. It looks so cool. Would you wear? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, bet. 
and heaven's reasonably priced true um i'm not sure if the kiki boots technically just a mark jacobs piece or on that offshoot but heaven is is attainably priced mm-hmm. um everything's always sold out right However, unfortunately um it's so funny too like he got fired from Perry Ellis yeah. back in the day and they Perry Ellis that year one, like best designer, like won awards for, for his, for his runway, for his that collection. Is, that is wild. That's so awesome. But at the same time, it's kind of like a slap in the face. It's like, dang. <laughs> well, and then like weren't Kurt Cobain and um, Courtney Love, they were sent clothes uh-huh. and they burned it. Yeah, which of that, course I was about to mention that is so wild to me. I mean, that's funny. And then didn't he get a suit or like a cease and desist when, um, recently for the Heaven collection, recently? he had the motif that looks very similar to Nirvana, the smiley face. Oh, he got we maybe cease and desist. Yeah, like the likeness was like oh. Nirvana, but I do think it's really funny how it's come full circle. Mm -hmm. that he was like for this collection yeah but can you not use nirvana tees because i thought he did in his original like release no i don't think i don't think now i think copyright's more intense who even designed that did nirvana as a band come up with that design i don't know i don't know the origin of the smiley face yeah but i don't think courtney i don't know i could see courtney love because essentially like the head of his estate oh is she i don't know i believe so i probably like courtney love is a i love her in a lot of ways yeah but she's a little chaotic she's very chaotic she's just like chaotic chaotic if that's (laughs) is that like a you know how there's like chaotic good chaotic bad chaotic neutral chaotic neutral i think she's chaotic neutral neutral yeah yeah that one i feel like yeah if you're not with her you're against her it's <laughs> kind of her yeah her mode of transportation which i get it's like a defense mechanism sure i can't imagine what it's like to be gourney love right but also like i'm like one of those odd people that's always been a fan of hole yeah tell me about that how did you get into hole i speaking of record stores as a kid, like in middle school or like even elementary school, I would go to this used CD store. Ooh. And that's that's where I found hole and like garbage. And like that's where I bought Jagged Little Pill and like heard it for the first time. So, that's yeah. So cool. And I don't think I bought the whole albums there. I think my dad just gave me his. Nice. But but yeah, that's where I like got into even like Nirvana or whatever. But are, were you ever into grunge or went through a phase where you like went a, on a deep dive on Spotify and listened to a lot of Pearl Jam? I cannot say that I have, honestly. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I guess I'm like one of the people that just bought into the fashion. I'm like, I wear plaid shirts and panties out, you know, tights and Doc Martens, but the music i mean i don't get me wrong like i've been listening to it lately but i've never actually just like gotten into it but i do like i guess i like their hits but i'm not i'm never really deep dived 
So you know smells like teen spirit and black hole sun and then you're like other than And that, like that's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like uh, I feel like I'd have to be really in a mood or something like but it's I don't know. It's cool. I just never I feel like I I feel like I missed out on like a boat. Like I feel like how do you get into grunge? I feel like you would have had to have I think you might have missed that window. Like, do when... I have to be a teen going through angst? Yeah. To really, you know what I mean? Like, like, did you ever go through a Fiona Apple phase? No. But you did go through a sort Lana Del Rey of, I, phase. I, yes. But that's like more sad and depressing unless there is angst, but it's different. It's more like, I don't know. Maybe it's like the most punk or like angsty i've gotten is probably listening to avril lavigne <laughs> you know what i mean like i i don't know i don't know if that's lame no like i've never really listened to metal like there's certain genres that i haven't fully explored hmm you know yeah so i don't know if maybe i need to like maybe i'm missing out on something maybe I know, like, um, I was listening to some, like, L7, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, dang, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, I think also maybe more of the girl band speak to me as a girl. Like, I feel... Like the Riot girl. The Riot girl. Yeah, I feel like the, um, maybe the lyrics are just the vibe, just like, I don't know what it is, just hearing girls screaming and being angsty speaks to me. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I can relate to it more, maybe. So, like... See, like, it's it's interesting about grunge now, talking about it with you. Yeah. it It's like Riot Girl and grunge could have been the same thing, but they just weren't. And I wonder if that was just the sexism of the time. So what is the difference? Does Riot Girl come after grunge? Or is it was it around the same time? It confuses me. It's around the same time. Maybe a little after. I, but for my, it's it's also something that was born out of the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um. See, I I really don't know. I wonder. Well, let me look. Yeah, it uh, it was. It came out of Olympia. In the early nineties, so so you would think. You would you would think it it would be the same thing, but it says punk like feminist punk, but it doesn't say. It says alternative rock, indie rock, which is you could argue grunge has those elements too. Maybe it's just the the theme of it, like what they're singing about. But I also thought grunge also dealt with like certain themes about like society, right? Like, isn't that another thing? Like, it's not just the sound; it's like the lyrics too. Yeah. I I don't I mean, Riot Girl the movement and the music it's it's all about feminism, but but sonically it's very similar. Yeah. I I don't know. I I, I think this is just like a for my outside point of view, 
Riot Girl and Nirvana, it seems like a Portlandia sketch. <laughs> yeah. Where the Riot Girls and the Grunge are like that one sketch where Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein are like in the bookstore, the bookstore feminist. Uh-huh. And they're talking to someone and like it's like they could even have the same ideology technically, but they're not the they're not th- being accepted. Like yeah. the the bookstore feminists are like, "No. Get away from me. You don't understand." And vice versa. Yeah, they're just like talking at each other. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. But I don't know a lot about Riot Girl music, but I, I did like in my garbage whole phase. I did listen to Bikini Kill. Yeah, that's a vibe. Yeah, or like the Tank Girl soundtrack. I was really into that at a point. It's cool. Yeah, I feel like I want to give it a chance. Like I haven't gone full grunge. Yeah, or like I think you would really like like if you're into like L Seven. Mm-hmm. I think. Maybe the it not grunge, but that aftermath, like nineties, like the more rock side of like a Lilith Fair girl. Okay. Like I think you'd vibe with like early like Liz Fair mm-hmm. or some Fiona Apple because she's sad. I do like Fiona Apple. Like everything I've listened to, I've liked. And I've gone out of my way a few times. I just haven't like I didn't go through a phase. PJ Harvey, I think you'd vibe. Like, I like PJ. PJ Harvey. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for understanding me. Yeah. I think like you have to be in a time and a place to really be like, yeah, Eddie Vedder, man. Yeah. 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 It's it comes and goes. It comes and goes. Okay. So don't feel too bad for or like you hear Black Hole Sun a little too much on VH one <laughs> as a kid and you're just No, that song does get me. It'll play in my mind. Like I I haven't gone out of my way to really listen to it but it's been playing in my mind on repeat that music video scared me so much as a kid i love it i love how scary it is it's like an acid trip just all the like that lady with the knife but like her face her smile just gross anyways (laughs) so brie yeah can i run by you some nerd or not nerd speak, grunge speak. <laughs> some, some nerd, nerd speak. speak. Some grunge speak. Oh, yeah. So, another funny thing. Am I going to guess what it means? Or? Yes. Okay, cool. Another funny thing that happened is when the grunge movement was picking up steam. Yeah. Um, news outlets, of course, wanted to to know what was up with this. This scene, this underground scene that was becoming mainstream. Of course. So it's essentially a hoax. Okay. But her name was Megan Jasper. (laughs) And she was a 25-year-old sales representative at Caroline Records in Seattle. Yes. And she spoke about this fictitious lexicon. Oh, my God. I love this. Grunge. So grunge speak. Yes. Can you guess? what this means wax lax some kind of pants maybe that are whack <laughs> old ripped jeans okay what about fuzz i've heard of the fuzz um 
that's not that's not the same is it okay maybe like the sound of a guitar like the the fuzz like the yeah. heavy wool sweaters you know this one what about plats platform shoes <laughs> yes kickers kickers mm, i don't know more shoes heavy boots <laughs> what about swinging on the flippity flop <laughs> that's what we do every time every night or every every time we're on the podcast right we are we're right now we are swinging on the flippity flop i love that this is hang, hanging out i mean mm-hmm. i did peep this list a bit i <laughs> what about harsh realm I don't know. Is that like it's a sick, sad world or something? Is that just like bummer? Okay. What about a cobnobbler? I don't know. It sounds offensive. Loser. Okay. Um. Oh. Okay. Last one. Bloated big bag of bloatation. <laughs> Me after a whole bag of chips. <laughs> Close. <laughs> it means drunk. Oh. Which. Speaking of an icon. That, so they definitely, so she made, she's like, like that one is not very believable. Like no one says that on the fly. Big bag of bloatate. What? Blo- I like her commitment to alliteration. I love that too. She can, she's an improv queen. My favorite is swinging. No. Is it swinging on the flippity flops? Yeah. I like, I think that's my favorite. Or wax lax. That sounds, I want to start saying that. Like I'm wearing my wax lax today. I want to call my platform shoes plat. You should. That's crazy though that she just made that up. I love that. I do too. I thought those were like real terms for a hot second there. No. But why not? Like, I wonder if anyone's used it like for real. We can bring it back. Let's bring it back. Fashion cyclicer. Cyclicer. How do you. Cyclicer, right? Huh? It's a cycle. Cyclicer. Oh my god, no. now the grunge speak is infiltrating my brain. And I'm like, is this a real word or is this <laughs> grunge speak? <laughs> Doesn't sound right. Uh, it's like if you look at a word for too long. Yeah. And you question it, or you write down a word and you look at it afterwards sometimes. Do you ever like have a this like it's like a crisis? Yeah. You're like, what? This is this doesn't look like a real word. Every time I try to spell like certain like uh words yeah <laughs> i can't think of them now but when there's a lot of s's or p's consecutively i get mississippi Miss- yeah mississippi i i know that one because i learned that m-i-s-s-i-s-s-i-p-p-i i almost said another s in there though so that was dangerous <laughs> see it's hard it is it's hard to spell <laughs> it is <laughs> oh uh. But yeah, that's like the grunge movement in a nutshell. Basically, yeah. Fashion-wise, too. Yep. Like, everything was different. Greasy hair, don't care. Yeah, Messy eyeliner. Just that whole disheveled look. That's when Kate Moss rose to prominence. And she's a girl that, a model that, she's not 5'10". Right. Isn't she 5'7? She's 5'7. She's. She was a waif. Right. Just, you know, she had crooked teeth. Which were people. Were, were fashion models not so waify then? 
Were they curvy? Like, what is the difference? Like, no, I think like they looked like people. Just people. Oh, okay. Because I feel like the waif was like a thing for a while. Did she like create a trend? K-Moss for sure. I mean, like all these models were skinny. Right. But Kate Moss had no tea in body yaddy. No body yaddy yaddy. <laughs> and but was short. Right. Especially for a model. Huh. Well, but she made it. She did. She changed the game. She did. Thanks, Kate. She really did. And she became a high fashion model. No. Yeah. She's up there with the the best of them, right? Yeah. Naomi. Christy. Christy? Chrissy? It's, oh, I'm adding a T. It's, Christy. it's just Chrissy, Christy. isn't it? Christy? Christy. It is Christy. Not like Chrissy Teak. Chrissy's oh. with the S's. Okay. Why? Sorry, I can't those spell. those S's. <laughs> they get me. Too many S's. Right. Um, But yeah, that's the whole new wave yeah. of, of being. Because we're in the 90s, baby. Yeah, we are. We're like an Empire Records oh. where people are waxing or hanging on the flippity flop. Yeah, they're really... Okay, this whole movie, too. Like, if we're going to talk about Empire Records... That is like all they're doing mostly is just hanging on the flippity flop. And I'm so jealous. I'm like, they look like they're having the time of their lives. Like at this record store. I'm like, are they are they working or are they hanging out? Are they there before work chilling? Like what is yeah. this environment that is a they're record shop? Hanging. They are. And that's awesome. They're aimless. I mean, this is like an aimless time in their lives anyways. All these characters in Empire Records are, you know, late teens 20s right they're like getting ready to maybe go to college maybe we don't know yeah they're in that waiting period and i think like like two in 94 you get like a reality bites in movies of that ilk where there's characters that are like i don't want to i don't have traditional aspirations Mm -hmm. or i don't know what i'm doing with my life yeah. And I'm 23 and I Relatable. feel old. Like, yeah. Like, Winona Ryder's character in Reality Bites, I think, is just like all of us now. Like, I feel like that's me in my core even still. And, you know, I, th- I just like the tables are turning a little bit. The turntables. The turntables. You know, things are more casual. But life is good because, you know, the 90s were a really good time. Yeah. For like a lot of things. I don't know. Bill Clinton was our president. Playing the, the saxophone. saxophone. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. And I know that's like glamorizing it. I know that the know. 90s weren't all good. But I think in retrospect, the economy was pretty good from my understanding. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were like a couple bombings and stuff. But, you know, as as people that grew up in a post 9-11 society. Yeah. Life was really freaking great in the 90s. Right. But also, like, because it was great, I think there's a lot more freedom in these ways to be like, what does society mean? Being aimless. Kind of the whole... The man. The man. Keeping it down. Yeah, we don't really want to have these linear jobs anymore. It's kind of the start of that feeling yes so 
so yeah so after grunge we're into the 90s we're into the year 1995 smack dab in the middle mm-hmm. speaking of kate moss um her and johnny depp were still together oh yeah uh they were stepping out in some grunge looks right they were they were this is also the year where brad pitt is the sexiest man alive but it's long-haired era brad pitt dating juliette lewis mm. looking a little grunge i, well. I kind of dig that i like the long hair i feel like you know i mean i'm sure like there are some boys that wear long hair but i don't see it a lot i just feel like it was like kind of cool at the time you know i like it too long hair rocking out yeah i like the whole laid back attitude yeah don't have a cow man <laughs> yeah um oh coolio's gangster's paradise was a really big song that year <laughs> of course uh braveheart won best picture another long man wearing a or long-haired man wearing a dress nice uh oh the oj trial oh captivated audiences um waterfall by tlc one music video of the year as it should yeah i love that music video oh this is the year that the macarena went viral oh my god i you know there's not enough appreciation for the macarena it's a good you can dance the macarena to anything you really can i'm a firm believer in that uh oh er seinfeld and friends were the most popular tv shows hmm. uh and this is also the year where drew barrymore flashed david letterman oh yeah wild which great video <laughs> great moment in time she was just going for it she was when she like climbed on his desk yeah and like did a little dance a little unhinged i like that i i feel like you know, that energy is kind of in this movie a bit. Yes. Like the girls are very unhinged. Or not even. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. They're just free. Yeah. But they're also also unhinged. Unhinged. Yeah. I, I don't think unhinged is always bad. I think it's also. I wish I could be unhinged. Me too. I feel like I'm Corey in Empire Records. But even she gets a little unhinged. Well, if you're so uptight, eventually you're going to Eventually be you will. You, you'll start stabbing uh cardboard cutouts in your local shop as well for sure you're just gonna be taking all those pills and you're just gonna be like Rah! yeah pull a jesse spano oh my goodness yeah <laughs> oh uh, lord but toy story batman forever and apollo 13 ruled the box office mm. which those are iconic iconic uh amazon uh, sold its first book. Windows 95 was in every household. Oh my god, Windows 95. Yes. Uh, the Frappuccino was released. Whoa, that's a big time to remember. And also, I'd like to forget about Frappuccinos. <laughs> yes. Oh, eBay? Debut? eBay. Yeah, that's like 1995 in a nutshell. Yeah. But also, Empire Records came out. That, yes. An iconic movie. It didn't do well at the box office, right? Which 
I don't know why. Is it too too soon? Like, what is it? Like, I really like this movie. I've only seen it twice. It's my second time watching it. But I feel like it has this, like, spirit of, like, well, youthfulness. But also I love how, like, the characters are all, like, this one big dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. I love how Joe is, like, kind of like a father figure. He's kind of, like, he kind of holds them all together. He's taken in these youths and just kind of giving them a chance. They're all like misfits. They're all misfits. I I, I guess it's kind of like the is it like the Breakfast Club? It's a, a little, little bit? like the Breakfast Club. Just a little. Except they're all so much cooler. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoy this movie. It's one of my favorites. It's like one of those comfort movies. It's like funny too. Like I don't know, it's so zany. Like, all the scenes where they're just, like, dancing and jamming out in the between. Like, I love all the between scenes that are just, like, you know, Joe just banging on the drums and they're yes. just, like, dancing and singing or, like, you know, the low-key moments where they're, like, um, Lucas is playing on his Game Boy. Or what's his name? Ethan Embry's character. I always forget his name. Uh, Mark? Mark. Mark just having a whole fantasy scene with Guar. Uh-huh. His favorite band. Yeah, just for no reason, or like the Rex Manning music video. Oh my gosh, that music video! I love it. It's like kind of cringy. It, you know what it reminds me of? Like, do you remember in Uptown Girls, the sheets of Egyptian cotton yes. guy? It like gives me those vibes. It's it like does. It's like that mixed with like a like the Wicked Game, like Chris Isaac music video. Yeah, which also makes me think of Friends because they show that music video in Friends. But it's very much that, like, he looks like Fabio or something at, in the, mm-hmm. with, like, the sheets and, like, the ladies dancing and, and the, he's, like, in a vest. The um the poofy sleeves. Yes. That was a thing, though, in, like, the 90s, right? Like, in Seinfeld, so. that episode That's where they were poofy thinking. sleeves. I know. I'm, like, the pirate shirt. <laughs> the pirate shirt. Yeah, pirate shirts were cool and for a moment, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, the joke in Seinfeld is that it looks stupid. But the nanny wore them. That's true. Fran that Fine true. looked fabulous. Actually, in that her outfit shirt. in the nanny with the vest. She's wearing a vest. She's literally dressed the same as Rex Manning. She literally is, but she wears it better. Totally. There's a who wore it better. It was her. Who wore it better? <laughs> Fran Fine or Rex Manning? It's always Fran Fine. Yes. Liv Tyler style. I know we talked about it before, but iconic. This was my introduction to Liv Tyler. Same. I didn't know who she was, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. It's Steven Tyler's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Renee Zellweger, this was my introduction to her as well. Or our introduction, I guess, as a people's. Because this is the year before Jerry Maguire, which puts her on the map. Yeah. And, of course, this is her singing debut oh yeah that's right i forget she sings at the end yeah, she's i like, love her voice that's really cool this movie actually is one of those movies where it's like i know it's not everyone's cup of tea mm-hmm. but i love a good music montage yes they're always singing they're always dancing it never furthers the plot and i don't want that i love just having a good time and watching people just be charismatic and sing same i feel like it kind of reminds me well like not completely but like you know how like seinfeld's a show about nothing Mm -hmm. it has that vibe a bit but obviously there is that goal of trying to save 
the record store. Like it is about something, but it's just like, there's a lot of scenes where they're like, you're right. It doesn't further the plot, but I think it's really cool. Like I like movies where you can kind of live in them a bit and be in this world with them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just fun hanging out with the characters. Like I love how different all the characters are. They kind of balance each other out. I don't know. It's just a good time. Like you can't have a bad time watching this movie. Everyone is so likable. Like, how would you describe the plot of this movie? I would say, well, it's, I would say it starts out, I don't know how to just sum it up in just like a couple sentences. I know it like starts out with Lucas being assigned to be like, to close the store for the first time. And he discovers like, you know, that the store might become a movie town. And he's like, oh, no, I don't want that to happen. And he takes all the money and gambles it to try to double or triple it. And, you know, there's that. But then, I don't know, it's hard. How do you describe it? I feel like there's a lot that goes on and a lot. Because it all happens within like a 24-hour period. That's another thing is like the pace of it all is really interesting because it's like a lot of movies, things happen over time, over days. Like they try to raise money in a very, very short. It's like within hours, really, when you get down to it. So like a group of misfits band together to save a local record store. <laughs> that is kind of like their home. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I would describe it. So, yeah. Lucas closes the store for the first time. Yeah. Realizes that Empire Records, their beloved record store, CD shop, is going to turn into a music town. Yes. So he goes on his little motorcycle to Atlantic (laughs) City and we see a whole lot of Trump. Oh yeah, the Trump plasma. elements. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he plays craps. Yeah. And he loses all the money because Relatable. he gambles <laughs> all of the stores money. But he doubled it the first round. That was lucky. He should have walked away. He should have. This is like the other week when you went to the casinos yeah i immediately lost the money i have a i gotta tell you i was so upset too that like there's nowhere to insert a coin i tried several times on several machines and just ended up breaking them because i guess that's where you insert a card but i tried to put quarters (laughs) they don't do it that way anymore apparently you were living like you were in 1995 yes i mean that's my that's all i've known as far as like like consuming media about casino you know like seeing movies and things i thought you did i think it's just we're in a digital age now but that's no fun i don't want like a paper slip and then you you know how they like do that instead they probably do that at Chuck E. cheese too you probably don't get tickets it's probably like it says like 150 points on like a slip now i bet that's not as fun no people love the touch the I, feel. I like the sound of the ching yeah anyway i've never been to a casino sorry for breaking all those uh slot machines it wasn't me i mean yeah <laughs> are you like lucas are you like yeah. whoops <laughs> yeah i'm like damn the man <laughs> as i go around breaking all the machines yes. <laughs> oh. i'll bet the store yeah at least i didn't bet that much money or anything but also like that's a lot like he's using someone else's money which is like it's a no-no can you imagine just being so bold i think he had good intentions but like at the same time that's still a big gamble it's i think 
that mock turtleneck gives too much power. Yeah, I agree. If you once you put on a mock turtleneck, you just you lose it. Once you get that George Clooney ER like Caesar haircut. Yeah, that haircut. With great power comes great responsibility. Lucas didn't know how to handle it. Exactly. He didn't know the Caesar cut was gonna, you know, lead him down that road. Yes. He wasn't ready for the responsibility. He wasn't ready. So but yeah, after that gosh this plot is so much there's so much that happens and this movie is only like an hour and a half yeah actually there is kind of a lot when you think yeah so that's happening they don't have the money it's gonna be music town yeah and then it is on top of that rex manning day yes which is like he's like annoying (laughs) he I don't really understand. <laughs> Too orange. I don't know about like a real life equivalent to him. He, yeah. He kind of reminds me of the dude in like the Harry Potter series that's like really famous. But that's not real life. That's Harry Potter. So. I know. It's <laughs> else. He's like what I would imagine the guy, you know, like the right said Fred, like I'm too sexy. Mm-hmm. He's like what I would imagine that guy to look like. He's, he he's very prince charming and shrek i don't know I'm- yes that's it <laughs> that's the real life comparison or like it's like an old man singer like he gives like neil diamond question mark like there's something a rod stewart oh i love rod stewart though same but like he's it's so interesting that that lived like Corey lived Tyler's character yeah. is so obsessed with this man and wants to lose her virginity and sleep with Rex Manning. Uh-huh. But but I love how the movie, you know, there's that element. But then everyone else that likes Rex Manning is like old women. Yeah, like, there's or like, like young- gay guys. Yes, or like that young girl that's like, oh, this isn't for mm-hmm. me. It's from a mom. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Like, that cracked me up. Like, his ego is taking so many hits. Yes. Yeah, he comes to this record shop, and it's just like, everyone's going to love me. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, an old lady singing opera style, Mon Amour. I love that. And everyone in the Empire Records is, like, ragging on him. That's true. Like, they don't even, they don't care about Rex. They don't know. Except for, I guess, Corey. Corey, who... Has terrible taste in men. I was gonna say terrible taste. Cause AJ, he is, is so cute. Out. So cute. Looks like Sean from Boy Meets World. Yeah, cutest boy. Or like a young George of the Jungle. Yeah, <laughs> young Br- Brendan. He looks like Brendan, one of Brendan Fraser's sons. Yes. Um, but so cute. Team and AJ. Artsy. Yes, he has talent. Yes, wants to go to art school. Cares when Robin Tunney's character shaves her head. Yes, he's very caring. After trying to commit suicide with a lady's Bic razor. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you have Warren, who's a little 13-year-old kid who's trying to steal Whitney Houston CDs. He is a mess. And also tries to shoot up the place. Yeah, that was wild. And then wants a job there. That is the craziest way to ask for a job. Like, first shoplift, get kicked out, get the police called, then threaten them, come back with a gun. But with blanks. 
Yes. All because you secretly want to work there. Who doesn't? I want to work at Empire Records. Right? Honestly? Yeah, he's not completely wrong. (laughs) He must be going through something. (laughs) True. Stealing Whitney Houston CDs. It was a good one, though. It was the one with I Want to Dance with Somebody on it. Oh. It wasn't even a current one. He wasn't copying the bodyguard. that bad. I mean, it's just... Yeah. He's actually, like... He has some rock albums. He has a good curation. Yeah. Variety of tastes. Yeah. Did I just turn into a Warren (laughs) stan? I know. I'm like, do I stand? I'm like, is he relatable? I know. Um... And then, so, like, Corey throws herself at Rex Manning. Yeah. Basically gets shut down. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't get shut down, but it's not the way she yeah. imagined. She was thinking it'd be maybe maybe romantic, I guess, or something. Yeah. In Rex Manning's defense, though, how would that be romantic? I don't know. Also, in the record store, like, I don't know. The whole setup is, I don't think she was thinking straight. No. Maybe he- it's because she's on speed because she has to study. Yeah. <laughs> and then Renee Zellweger's Gina uh-huh. is the slutty friend who can sing. Uh-huh. And she ends up she sleeping had- with Rex Manning. Yeah, I was just going to say. I still don't really understand why, though. Just because she can? Yeah. Is she doing it to, like, get back at Corey? Corey? But yes. that's so dumb. Like, oh, right? really? I thought that was relatable. <laughs> like some some days I'm Corey, some days I'm Gina. I yeah. swear. Yeah, I get it. I get it being like, oh yeah, you think that I'm, you know, because Liv Tyler is very like mother superior. Yeah. To D- Gina, takes her out for lunch and basically is like, oh that wasn't cool. You're a hoe. She should have said that. She only said that because she was, I guess, feeling insecure. Yeah. About her own stuff but like that was really not cool yeah but i do love how like every character in this movie like i don't even remember his name but like the long-haired curly-haired guy oh yeah and the guy who coyote shivers plays they're just like random employees Mm -hmm. but they're all just like hanging out with each other and all like around and it just something about that i love the friendships yeah of everyone and it's not it's like it is the dream place to work to me yeah just start gluing quarters to the ground it sounds like so much fun <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna start gluing quarters to the ground at my work and be like it's an art piece see what happens i growing up there was this like soda fountain like 1950s inspired soda fountain Ooh. and they would glue quarters Really? To the ground. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. But who's your favorite character? That's a great question. It might be Lucas, honestly, because he's like so snarky and he has the fun, like really funny lines. Like, I, I love how, like, I think it was AJ had asked him, like, hey, like, what is with you today? Like, what, you know, what are you doing, man? And he's like, what is with today today like it's like he's like i don't know i don't know why i lost all that money you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like he's relatable um i like his style um yeah 
I love how he's like glued to the couch, but he gets up anyways and, you know, kind of takes the couch with him. He has he's a man of principle, you know, he, he made- turns into a philosopher on a whim. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I feel I don't know. I think he's relatable. And he's funny. He makes I don't know. He says funny things. How about you? Who's your favorite? I have an affinity for Corey, obviously, because Liv Tyler. It's just beautiful. She's iconic. She. I feel like she's really good in this role too. Like she's. I don't. Know, I also feel like we've all been embarrassed, like to some extent, been like, yeah. I just want to be left alone. You for know. Sure. I feel like that whole scene is really relatable. I think Liv Tyler in this role is very charming in like a way that I don't see a lot of characters and maybe this is maybe to her credit too because she's so like vulnerable yes that the, you can feel it mm-hmm. like the vulnerability is palpable in a way like yeah of course she's relatable but also just like that sensitivity to like everything it it just feels really real oddly like she lets enough. it show yeah it's kind of it's kind of special but my real favorite character is mark yeah because i love ethan Embry, and He's i know cool. i've talked about this with sweet home alabama and you know my love for ethan Embry. Mm-hmm. but especially in this role like his character just every time he's on screen he makes me smile like this one is one of my comfort movies because of Ethan Embry and just something about his energy. He's like a goofball, you know? Yeah. And he looks like a baby in this movie. Like, he's so cute. He is so cute. And he just warms my heart. I don't know. A smile could just light up a room. I just want to... I don't know. I get it. I get him. He's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, all the characters are great. I but I hear you like Corey, Gina. Mark. Oh, yeah, Gina. I do like Gina. I love that final scene when Gina finally gets the courage to to sing. Yeah. I love this. You know, I love how the characters bring out the best in each other or like they go. They help each other through things because even though, you know, Gina and Corey, they had like a fight or whatever, but they're still at the end of the day. They're like, oh, I hope they're doing OK. Or, like, where where is she? Like. What's going on? And then they say nice things. So they're like, you know, yeah. you're not going to be like your mother. Or like all these like worries and fears. They like pump each other up at the same time. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's like life. That's like a real friend. Like that's how you know. Yeah. And they all have like the fake funeral. Yeah. For Robin Tunney's character. That was cute. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little weird, but you know. weird. But I love how they all like play into her, her macabreness <laughs> or her like emo side. And they're like, fine, you want to be dead? We'll give you a funeral. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I love how Joe just lets things happen to him. He's just like, ah, those kids. Like, he doesn't really, like, he doesn't fire anyone. He totally could. Or be like, stop this nonsense. He just kind of, like, entertains it a bit. He's like, all right. I'll, I'll stand here. Well, I'll say a word and go around the circle. Yeah. Just support people. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I feel like, I don't know. That's pretty rare. Yeah, and I also like love the sentiment of like, damn the man, save the empire. Yeah, because it's not just a job. This is like they all love music deeply, and it like affects their lives. And 
Yeah. No, I'm not going to lie. I did get a little emotional towards the end. <laughs> I don't know why. I think just like people coming together for a common cause and then just, I don't know. It worked. The DIY of it all as well. Like when they go to make all the sides, it's like, give yes. me your money. Or like when things work out, like I think I'm always rooting for the underdog anyway. And they're like the underdog. It's that spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not. It's like I would equate it to, you know, if like a singles or if reality bites mm-hmm. was grunge. This is Mark Jacob for Perry Ellis. 93. Yes. Empire Records is palatable. It has a slamming soundtrack. It does. Like the the. Mm-hmm. This is the day. Like I love that song. And anytime a gin blossom song plays. Yes. I noticed that too. I'm like, ooh, the gin blossoms. Yeah. Oh my god, on my like one of my first dates with Ben, um, we we got a high in my car. And the gin blossoms played and all of a sudden I like out of nowhere I was just like, Is that the gin blossoms? You gotta turn that up. <laughs> turn it up. <laughs> um, I just love the gin blossoms and I love that sound. The toad and the sprocket. Yeah. Better better than Ezra. I like love that sound, but what was I gonna say? Yeah, Empire Records is definitely like the mainstream palatable version. Of whatever, you know, that like the movement going on in like movies about anti-establishment. Yeah. But I don't know. It speaks to me. It speaks to me, too. Like I'm uh, I've like I said, this is like my second time seeing the movie. But I I remember a lot of it just from the first time because I remember feeling like it made me feel something like the whole spirit behind it. And just I don't know. Green. Damn the man. Save the empire. It's like you want to just like jump up in there and like, I don't know, like at the end too, like it's such a party, like that street party. It's like, it is lit. Everyone shows up. I'm like, dang, I want to go to something like that. Like support a cause. Like it is a local, you know, especially if it was like somewhere local like that. Like, can you imagine? I don't know. I just think it's cool. They, they do show up and show out and they're like, we're going to have fun. I don't know. But it's also so spur of the moment. It's also like they're bouncing off ideas. Essentially, it's Mark's idea to go. Yeah. And like steal the spotlight. He's like the lovable, like naive doofus who like actually has the idea to save the day. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was cool. I also love how uh, Corey goes up to AJ to say she loves him. And she's like, I hate you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Them. I put that in my notes. I'm like, that was hilarious. She's like, I love you. And I hate you. How dare you? <laughs> dare you make me like you? Now you better go to that art school. Yes. I don't know. You have potential. Yeah. I love seeing the girls get angry. Yes. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. And they, they're allowed to be in a way. You know what I mean? It's not like too crazy. You're like. All right, that's a little unhinged, but whatever. Like, it's things calm down. I don't know. Like, we just, you don't see that a lot. Why can't I just go out to a record store and start screaming, you know? Right? <laughs> I'm here for it. I don't know. Yeah. So, how, what would you rate Empire Records? I'd give how it many a, Doc Martens? Oh, out of how many? 10. I'd give it a 10. 10 out of 10 docs. Martins. 10 out of 10 docs. Yeah. No cap. 
Yeah. How about you? I give it nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Nine out of ten. Plaid skirts? Plaid skirts. No. Nine out of ten Rex Manning CDs. Nice. What would make it a 10 out of 10 for you? <laughs> Nothing. I really wanted to say 10 out of 10, but I know, like, I know it's not, like, I know structurally the best. I know, but, like, but how would you rate it? See, this is, like, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, is it, it's the structure that you think? No, What's I wrong love with this the movie. You know what? It's fine. It is a fun time. It is 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Ethan Embry rocking out with Guar. Yes. Okay. Period. I feel like there's not Period. many movies where we're both like 10 out of 10. It is 10 out of It's so enjoyable for what it is. For what it is. Yeah. It's the spirit. Oh. Yeah, it puts me in a good mood. I don't know. I feel ins- I literally feel inspired watching it, and I'm not joking. Like I just, I don't know. I'm like I might need to watch this movie more often just to feel something. It really does. It like for me, it's like one of those movies that just. It's such a. It's like nostalgic for a time I don't. I wasn't alive or around for mm-hmm. in a weird way, but there's like that comfort in that, I guess. Yeah, it is it's like, like we were close, but... Yeah. And it, it's like watching an 80s movie in a way. Yeah. Where it just... Up, it's something about your spirit where it's like it captures that youthful spirit. It's like the other day I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. That's a good and one. It, it is that feeling like of... Being young. I don't know. There's this idea of having fun. I don't think a lot of movies have to do it right now. Yeah. I I don't. I. It's very rare thing when it happens. But it's like, like, let's have fun. Yeah. Damn the man. Save the empire. Yeah. 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 No, I really enjoyed this movie. It's like the spirit of the youth. Yeah. Yeah. Got to keep that spirit alive. For sure. But, but yeah, yeah. Like anything, any other thoughts on this? The soundtrack slaps. No, I I just love this movie. Period. Period. <laughs> Woo. Well, thanks thanks for listening. This has been another up of late to the party. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we'll thanks. see you next week. Thanks for um hanging on the flippity flop with us. Yes. Um. You know, I would say that cast of Empire Records, they're in the Tom Tom Club. <laughs> they're a bunch of uncool outsiders. Oh, yeah. But they are. They're cool to me, though, in my heart. Yes. Well, well thanks again for swinging on the flippity flop. Um, And rock on. Rock on. Which in grunge speak means happy goodbye. Kind of like Aloha. (laughs) (laughs) Rock on, guys. Rock on in your wax lax. Rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week. I'm a flippity flop.
Bye. Bye.